Well, thanks again for tuning in to our service here at New Beginnings Uniting Church. It's so great to be with you. And I'm so, I'm, I'm pumped to be jumping into the Bible, looking at Mark's Gospel. But before we jump into um, Mark's Gospel today, I actually just want to acknowledge what season we are in 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 our church calendar. Now, today, if you're part of a, a liturgical church, so a Roman Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran, Orthodox, Uniting Church kind of church, you'd probably be wearing red. And look, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm wearing red today because it's Pentecost. It's the Feast of Pentecost. It's the day that uh, liturgical churches celebrate the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit, where it came upon the disciples um, and empowered them to go out and preach the good news into all of the world. Some, some say it would be the day the church was born. But as a church, we've chosen to explore the Bible in depth, really focusing on either topics that we have prayerfully considered will help our people in their lives, or we've chosen to focus in depth on a particular section of the Bible. And, and that's actually what we're doing in our series, uh, looking at the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus. So let's just pray together. Let's just come into this moment and let's just ask God to be with us so we can hear God's word for us today, found in Mark's gospel. A gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks that we can be here. We give you thanks that we can share together across the internet. We give you thanks that you never leave us alone, that you're always with us, you are always guiding us, and you are always sustaining us. Oh Lord, may you open our hearts and our minds to hear your word found in the Bible today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. So we're in our second week in our series looking, second week, third week, goodness, three weeks, three weeks, and we're going to finish off the last part of chapter one of Mark's gospel. And we're going to dive a little bit into the first section of chapter, Mark, chapter two in Mark's Gospel. Um, and today we're going to be looking at um, basically three healings and some preaching. So three healings and some preaching. This section that we're going to be focusing on today follows directly on from last week where we were focusing that Jesus was teaching in the, in the synagogue at Capernaum and, and casting out a demon. And the crowd there were so amazed that at his authority that Jesus had and that what he'd done and the words he'd been saying that started to spread out. They started to tell other people about what Jesus had done. And this is where we jump into our reading and we're just going to kick straight off into that. So um, hopefully the words will be up on the screen for you. Um, we're making sure we're getting all of those kind of things happening. But here it is. It's com coming from Mark chapter 1, um, verses 29 to 34. And after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick 
with various diseases and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. He didn't allow them to speak. See, one of the things that we need to see here is how Jesus responds to the need that he sees right in front of him. So often when we read these miracles and healings within the Bible, we often focus in, um, and rightly so, we focus in on the, the miracle and the healing. But what I want us to do is step back a little bit and actually see what Jesus does. Not, not the action that he's doing, such as the healing, but see the bigger picture of, of what he actually does in this process, of the way he behaves, because we're focusing on the, the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus. Now, some people, when they're thinking about this passage, some people might make a joke that the biggest miracle in this whole passage was that um, the son-in-law actually seeks help for his mother-in-law. Um, there was a little laugh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily the thing. I think family is so important for us in this time. And, and connection is incredibly important for us. But see, what happens is Jesus sees the need in the situation. Simon comes and says his mother-in-law is gravely sick. You know, we might think of fever nowadays, you know, having a high temperature is, is something small and trivial. But, but the reality is that we can't, you know, back in that time, you can't just pop a pill and bring your temperature down. You can't just pop a pill and, and heal the, the infection that is causing the high temperature. You know, a high temperature was actually a sign that you were quite gravely ill. We've got great medicine. And, and you have a look at the world over. We are so far ahead in our medicine that we, we really need to give thanks for that. But we need to see what, how Jesus reacts in this situation, the way he behaves. He sees the needs and he responds to it. The need for being well and healing of Simon's mother-in-law. And what happens is when she's healed, she responds in kind with hospitality. See, Jesus responds to the need in the situation out of compassion. He doesn't just leave it there, but he responds out of compassion. And as the story goes on, he's healing and he's, he's done this, and then we're going to jump straight back into Mark and hear how the story progresses. So verses 35 to 39. And before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. So here's a pattern of behaviour, the way Jesus behaves. He's there with the crowd, he's, he's meeting the needs and compassion, but he takes himself away and he actually takes time to spend in prayer by himself, to spend with God so that he can give back and this is a pattern of behaviour, a way of living our life that we can emulate for ourselves. So as going on, and later, Simon and the others went out to find him. Um, and when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must actually go to another town as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. 
So he travelled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Notice, notice what happens here. Um, one, that Jesus takes the time to be alone with God and in prayer and seeking the day's moment. He, he prays at the beginning of the day, for the day ahead. That's something that we can do ourselves. <coughs> but let's see also what happens. Notice what Simon does. Simon and the others are so caught up in the healing and the miracle and the, the amazing thing that people are coming and looking for Jesus. And isn't this great? It's, it's like the hype coming in and they, they go out and find Jesus and said, don't you know people are looking for you? Don't you know that your social media feed is blowing up? And you need to produce more content for people to follow. No, no, no. What Jesus actually doesn't do is doesn't get caught up in all of that hype. He says, here's the reason. It's not about the healing. It's not about the miracles. I need to go to another town. I need to keep on going and I need to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we must go to other, other towns as well and I will preach them to them too about the good news of Jesus Christ. The reason that Jesus came was to preach the good news. See, in the very first part of this, in this chapter, Mark 1, we see that the good news is that Jesus is the Son of God. <clears throat> and later on, you'll see that John, you know, in, in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached the good news the time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is what Jesus was preaching. Repent of your sins and believe in the good news. Believe about what God has planned from the beginning for all of the world, that you will be restored. See, Jesus needs to tell people about this plan. And that's just the same for us today. If we're to follow the ways of Jesus, we need to not get caught up in the hype of things, but we need to hone in on what Jesus wants us to do, to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. We need to tell them the gospel. So we have so far, right, in, in today's passage... That Jesus shows compassion, is meeting the underlying needs of the people. He spends time in prayer. And the primary thing Jesus says that he's come to do is to tell people everywhere the good news about God. And as such, Jesus is preaching in the synagogues around Galilee. And we have another incident where healing happens. And so we're going to jump straight into, into Mark 1 verse 40 through to 45, and it says this. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus. So he's a man that has been removed from society because of his disease. So a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He wanted to be restored. He wanted to be healed. He wanted to be back into community. If you're willing, you can heal me. And make me clean, he said. And notice the words. And moved with compassion. Jesus reaches out and touched him. I am willing, he said, and be healed. Instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus said, sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. 
Notice that? Don't tell anybody about the healing and what's happened. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. So in other words, go to the priest so that the priest can see whether the leprosy has left. That was actually what used to happen back in that time, is that when you had leprosy, you'd have spots and marks on you, and the priest would look at you and to see whether you were clean or unclean. If you're unclean, you were removed from the community. If you're clean, you're allowed back in. And so he's saying, I want you to be made whole and be a part of the community again, not to be removed from it. He says, go and do this. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony for you to have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. So he did exactly the opposite of what Jesus said to do. He goes, look, I've been healed, telling everybody rather than actually showing the priest and being brought back into the community. And as, as a result, a large crowd soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't public enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. You know, he, here he is. <laughs> he's, <coughs> excuse me. He's, he's having to, to move outside because there's so many people hearing the miracles, getting caught up in the, what's going on with the miracles, that they're missing the message of restoration and healing and wholeness of back into community, of restoration back with God. And you can see, once again, Jesus is moved by compassion to see the needs of this man. Um, and, and, and Jesus performs the miracle because of the compassion. We need to be careful not to get caught up in the big show of things and miss the message. The guy, while he was so pleased to have been healed and wanted to tell everybody that he had, he missed the message that Jesus said to him. He found the action, but he missed the message. He missed the message about restoration about being drawn back into the family and the people of God, and being close with God yet again. See, if you, were, if you were in that time, had a disease like leprosy, you were, not only were you removed from the community, but you were removed from the temple and being able to worship God. You were removed from the synagogue and being able to do that. And, and by showing yourself to the priest he would be allowed back into those spaces once again. He'd be allowed back in to give those offerings and be a part of that community once again. It's so important for us to actually hear that message of restoration that comes through that healing. <clears throat> and so and what, we're going, what we're going to do is jump into the next chapter, chapter Mark, Mark chapter 2, and we see straight back in action again. <coughs> Jesus heads back to Capernaum several days later and a crowd is gathering to see what is going on and we'll just jump in in verse 2 there. Soon the house where he was staying was packed with visitors but there was no more room even outside the door. So people are going, I want to see this Jesus. I want to, I want to hear him but I want to see the miracles. I want to see what's going on. I want, to, I, I want healing. I want this. Uh, and while he was preaching, notice what Jesus is doing? He's preaching again. 
the, the important part for Jesus is to tell the good news of, Jesus, of God, of, of spread the message of, of restoration and a wholeness of repentance back into the people's lives. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed mat, man on a mat. I love this. I love this healing miracle. Um, and you can really dive deep into this. And we, we're not going to focus too deep today. We're, we're just going to let it speak into our lives. They, they couldn't bring him into Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing the faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious laws who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is, this is blasphemy. So this is speaking against God. That's what he's saying. He's saying you're placing yourself into this place that you are not allowed. Only God can forgive sins. And bang, we have it there. We have one of the biggest most influential, important statements actually made here, and they don't get it. See, Jesus is preaching. People are pushing to get their needs met, needs of others, and rather than dismissing that, Jesus is filled with compassion. But he also has a great teaching moment there. And weaving through all of Mark's gospel, the first part of Mark's gospel that we're seeing is that we are, there's a recall to repent of your sins and God will forgive you. This is the message Jesus is telling you. Repent of your sins and God will provide forgiveness. And we know that happens through Jesus. But what does Jesus do? He proclaims the forgiveness of sins straight up. And what do the religious leaders do? Not only do they not understand, but they also proclaim that, yes, if you were to forgive sins, that means that you would be God. They couldn't see that he was God, but they were saying it was blasphemous, but they were actually claiming that Jesus here is God. And so to prove that point, what Jesus does, what Jesus shows that he is the Son of God, that he not only can forgive sins... And he forgive yours and my sins. He does it so that everybody else can see the power and the forgiveness happening at all at once. So we jump straight back into the reading, carrying on from verse 9 to verse 12. And it says, is it easier to say to the paralysed man, your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier to say to the paralysed man, stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Which is easier? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And, and the Son of Man is what Jesus used to refer to himself. Um, and that's the statement that Jesus uses through all of Mark's gospel. That's the way it's recorded. So he's referring to himself. So I will prove to you that I, Jesus, the Son of Man, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, 
grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. See, the forgiveness of sins is not just isolated back in Jesus' time. God forgives our sins. But there's there's a need for us to come in repentance, asking actually for God to forgive our sins. First of all, what we need to do is understand that we have done wrong in the eyes of God. And then we need to actually seek restoration with God through the forgiveness of sins provided by Jesus. This is what we need to do. And this is what Jesus provided to to the man here. Not only, and if we go back to the healing of the leper, you'll find that that healing allowed that man to be restored back into the community. The same way what happens is the man who was paralysed, brought to by his friends, dug a hole in the roof, lowered down in front of him, also was restored back into community. No longer did he need to beg beside the road. No longer was he required to, you know, um, his friends to help him move around. And he could come and worship and be a part of this. He's been restored. There's a restoration. There's wholeness. There's compassion Jesus is showing to each and every one of these individuals. And Jesus shows compassion to us today. We need to be willing to seek that compassion in our lives. We need to be willing as what Simon does with his mother-in-law to ask for Jesus to come and step in. So we need to ask for Jesus to come and step into our lives to forgive our sins and provide restoration and wholeness for us. So let's just have a time of prayer. Let's just come and just spend this moment where we pray and seek God to forgive our sins. Seek God to restore us. If there's something in our lives that is removing us, holding us back from where we might be, restored and close with Jesus, help us come and understand that, notice that, and help us repent of that in front of Jesus. So let's just pray together. And I'm going to leave a space for you to pray into this moment for yourselves. So let's just pray. Oh God, we, we give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks that you, you can open our eyes, that we may see your word, that you give you thanks that you restore people who've been excluded. We give you thanks that you can restore us back into a right relationship with you, O oh Lord. If there's anything in our lives that are holding us back, Lord, we just ask right now that you show us what that is in our lives. That you drill down into our lives and you show us what is holding us back from your leading in our lives. Lord God, we just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds in this space. And as God shows us that moment in our lives, those things in our lives that are holding us back, take that moment and say, God, forgive my sins. These things that you are showing me right now, forgive them, Lord. 
and restore me. Restore me to wholeness. Restore me to to your kingdom. Restore me close to God. Restore me back into the community that we have here. Oh Lord, we just pray this in the power of your name. May the healing and wholeness and restoration, may the compassionate love of God be upon you now and remain with you always. Amen.